DJ and PK brought to you in part by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. Time to talk a little college football now with Riley Jensen, our college football insider. He joins us now. On the Sprint special guest line, get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Dudes. Dudes. We learned a lot this weekend. You we learned a lot. Talk to me. Give it to me. Let me have it. <laughs> what did you learn, PK? What did you learn is what I want to know. What did I, I mean, learn? You're a lifetime learner. You're a lifetime learner. You're a guy who never stops learning. I want to hear what you learned. Well, are we speaking life? Are we speaking football? Hey, you can, hey, talk to me, PK. I'm interested in you, whatever you want to talk about. Well, yeah, that's why we're having you on, to have me talk. I get oh, okay. It. Uh, okay, I, okay. The, the one thing, I, I don't know that I learned it, but it was further uh, in proven, is that Utah's offense, if they don't make mistakes, they're going to win a ton of ball games, and that offense is going to do everything possible to eliminate mistakes. I don't think they they need a whole lot of big plays to win games. They got to do what they do, and don't screw it up, and they'll be fine and dandy. Yeah, I think I think there's I mean, a couple things that were nice reminders from last weekend. If you're a quarterback for a Division One team, try to reduce turnovers. <laughs> right? Like, I mean. You know, people are complaining about Tyler Huntley. He goes 13 for 16. No no interceptions. His team wins. you got Jordan Love that throws for 400, has three huge interceptions, and then you and you got Jack Wilson that threw, obviously, two pick sixes that he'd love to have back. And then I think the other thing that we learned that I think is a super important piece, and it kind of goes along with what you were just saying, PK, is that the University of Utah's offensive line answered every question that you need to know. They answered every single question. And I know you, you can throw it at me, well, BYU's defensive line isn't that great. Well, they answered the question. They, they pounded the rock. They protected the quarterback. They did what they're supposed to do. And I thought there was some very physical play from a few of them. So this all begs the question, what questions remain and what questions could possibly be answered when you watch Utah play Northern Illinois? assuming you're going to that game or have the Pac-12 network on Comcast? Well, I think this is where these games, when, when you're a P5 school, become important, is these next two games for the University of Utah. You can work on some of the passing game. You can work on some of the wrinkles that you need to do. Obviously, you're still going to come out and you're going to pound the rock, and you're still going to do the things that you always do, play good defense, play solid special teams. And and you're going to win these games, but you can you can you, you can afford to throw in a couple of extra passes here and there on different drives with Tyler Huntley to make sure that he's understanding where he's supposed to be looking and what what type what type of reads that he needs to be making. Now, look, he was 13 to 16. It wasn't a ton of yards. Uh, I think the biggest problem that I had with Tyler is there was too many question mark throws instead of exclamation point throws. And, and when I say that, it's just there was a couple where he looked like he was double he was double pumping again. And there was a couple, even on one of the throws, I think it was the throw to the tight end, I felt like he guided the throw. Like he, the guy was so wide open, he was just being careful. And, and the tight end dropped the ball anyway. But it was like, 
I, I really feel like you could watch a quarterback, and if you're not even watching the play downfield, if you were just looking at him, you can almost tell whether it's going to be a completion or not by the body language of his throw. And I thought there was too many, too many throws on Thursday of last week where Tyler Huntley just had kind of a body language like, oh, I'm not sure, but I'm going to go with this, right? I, I want to see him go 13 for 16 in the game, and every single throw was like, yep, this is the right read. And regardless of whether this guy catches or not, you know, I'm going to put a, a catch it or wear it ball on his face mask and make him make him wear it if it, if it if it's not if it's not catchable to him. And so I, that's what I'm looking for out of Tyler. And I think you can work on that the next two weeks. That's where it's difficult for somebody like you know Zach Wilson who's playing. And you guys were the ones who brought this up to me, and it's so astute and so so true. Is BYU's playing a P5 schedule? But they're not really playing a P5 schedule because they play it front-loaded. They don't get to work on anything early in the season. You don't get to, like, try and find out, like, which plays really work for Zach Wilson and for the running backs and for the running game. It's hard because you can't make mistakes against these athletic teams. Even somebody like Tennessee this week, like, if you, if you throw two pick-sixes against Tennessee, like, they're, they're, they're most likely not going to win this game. And so you, you don't get to – you, you have to grow up fast in that front-loaded schedule. That's really, really hard. Why do your Aggies continue to gag on the road against Power 5 teams? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look, this is, it was really, really – that was a I, – I was in a bad mood all day Saturday over that you. game. And I think it's because of the past, right? look at the Wisconsin, you look at Auburn, you look at the Oklahoma game, you look at Michigan State last year, you look at all these different games where yeah. it's like you get to the last quarter and it's fart, fumble, and fall down if you're an Aggie fan. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my gosh, are you freaking kidding me right now? Are yeah. you kidding me right now? And, and, I, and I think it has to do with just breaking through you know, I feel I, I remember when Gary Anderson was the coach at Utah State the first time he told me, you know, the biggest thing that he was fighting is that here we go again attitude. And he felt like and, and and that was just overall in every game, right? And he felt like there was a game against Hawaii early in his career there where they came back and they didn't say here we go again, they came back and they won the game. But I think that they're still fighting that psychological thought process when it comes to, like, P5 teams and when it comes to, like, big games on the road. There's still, there's still that mindset of, like, oh, here we go again. We're in a close game, and we've made a couple of mistakes here, and there's no way we can pull it out. And until they break through on that, they're not going to be a team that gets recognized nationally in the, in the group of five type of thing like Boise State, who can win a game against Florida State on the road, right? Who has won those P5 games. And like the University of Utah used to win those those big games when they were in the Mountain West Conference. And, and I think that's the next step for the program. It really is. They've got to win one or two of those games so that people at the first of the year start going, oh, wow, what, did you see that? You know, I mean, if Jordan Love throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns and one pick – and they win by 14 points on the road, people are going, well, God, I know it's just weak force, but, dude, this guy freaking shredded it today. Right. And 
And I think it's, I, I really think it's that psychological thing that Utah State has to get through to be recognized on a, on a bigger scale in football. And, and we're just not there yet. And hopefully you get there, but man, it's frustrating as an Aggie. I mean, that, that Wisconsin game a few years ago drove me crazy. The, the Auburn game where you're up 10 points with like less than two minutes to go and they get an onside kick. I mean, it, it felt like that. And that, you know, that, that interception by Jordan Love, who's a Heisman Trophy candidate, supposedly, where we don't even get a chance to kick a field goal to tie it. I mean, it just, man, it was it was deflating as a as a former player. Just really hoping for that win to come sooner than later. Is BYU going to pull themselves together? Go against a Tennessee team that needs to pull itself together too. You're the mental you're the mental strength coach here, and it seems like both these teams are beaten down pretty good. Yeah, I think I think you'll see both teams improve quite a bit. Um, I think you know obviously when you start to see that Georgia State's ahead, you, you switch over real quick and you watch some of that game. And you know Tennessee is still very when, I, when I'm watching the game. I still felt like they were the, mo- the more athletic team than Georgia State, but Georgia State was just, I mean, they were pounding the rock on them. Um, there was a lot of undisciplined plays by Tennessee. Um, you know, if, if Tennessee's watching the BYU game, they're feeling like they can pound the rock, they can do some different things. I think both teams will be significantly improved this week. And then psychologically, it'll be the one, it'll be the team – that, that shakes off the cobwebs from last week faster, right? So they're not thinking in their head, you know, like, oh, we should throw right now because we threw two pick sixes last week. Or if the offensive or the defensive coordinator for Tennessee is like, ooh, I don't know if I want to bring that run blitz package again because we got burned by Georgia State last week. You know, you still have to run your stuff. You just have to fix your mistakes. And the team – that is most resilient, that can focus on what's most important right now, right here, right now, in this moment, in this game, and not thinking about last week, and not thinking about next week, is going to be the team that eliminates the most mistakes and can get back on track. But both of these teams, both Tennessee and BYU, desperately need to, to regroup and get some confidence this week. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who can do that because, I mean, I think the thing that's hardest – that, that people don't really talk about is, is you are talking about 18 to 22 year olds and these coaches livelihoods depend on these guys. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure PK was super smart and had it all figured out from 18 to 22, but I didn't, you know, and I, I thought I, I thought I thought I knew everything at 18 to 22. And so it's hard to get these guys like back on track and get them focused on the things that are most important. And I think that's, what makes a great coach is these guys that can motivate and inspire and and refocus time after time after time an 18 to 22 year old male. Do you think the Cougars will have more success or more opportunity to run the ball and will they? Yeah, I think I think they're going to run the ball better. Um, I obviously don't think that this defensive line is anywhere near what BYU went against last week. Um Excuse me. The defensive line for Tennessee is not as is not as good as what they went what BYU went against last week. But I, I, you still have to be fundamentally correct, and 
you know, I, I would like to see Tyson Williams get more carries. I would like to see Lopini Katoa get in there and, and be a nice offset to him. But I'd like to see them establish the run, use some play action, get some get Zach Wilson some confidence, and maybe get ahead in this game a little bit and make make Tennessee play from behind and see see if you can't pound that rock. I mean I mean I saw the tweet from you, David, this morning where 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 the the playbook is there, and I would expect them to follow a lot of what Georgia State did to be able to win this game. COC Mariner, when he was at Utah, uh, 15 catches one year, 20 catches another, 17 catches a junior year. How does he go out and basically have half a season's production on the road against a Power 5 team, not not some bottom-of-the-barrel Mountain West team? How does he go out and do that PK and I were talking about this debating. We said earlier in the week, we have to ask Riley when he comes on, how much of it is getting coached to go make a play as opposed to getting coached, you know, don't mess this up, protect the defense, don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over? Well, it certainly, I mean, it certainly looked like a different player to me. I mean, everybody was talking to me at Utah State about how good CLC Mariners going to be, and I'm like, how? I mean, like, it's like you said, 17 catches, 20 catches. You know, I, I mean, I, it felt like in that game he had more big plays than he did in his whole Utah career to me. And it's not like it's not like I, I, I didn't think he was terrible, but it wasn't like I was going, God, you can count on that guy to be a playmaker. But in this game, I think there was two things that I was thinking to myself. Number one, um, you know, a quarterback – that knows where he's going with the football and understands the matchups and understands different things can can make a difference, right? He's playing he's playing with with a significant quarterback right now, and and so it makes it so the whole field's open, not just one part of it. Um, he's playing in an offense where they're trying to take advantage of his matchup, and then I think I don't know. Sometimes in my head, I was just thinking, man, maybe a fresh start. Maybe some new teammates, maybe just a new start sometimes is just just what the doctor ordered, right? But I I I haven't seen in the last ten years, I haven't seen Utah attack the field the way that Utah State attacks the field offensively. And I I gotta be honest, I, you know, uh, I was really, really impressed that the offense didn't miss a beat from from Yost switching over to Safford this year, right? I thought it was a great offense. The danger of Utah State's offense is exactly what happened to them, is three key turnovers. I mean, there was one in the end zone, there was one coming out of his own end zone, and then there was one in the two-minute drill. And so that's where you kind of look at it and you go, well, you know, there is some wisdom in what Kyle Winningham does. Like, yeah, there's not wide receivers putting up eight catches for 117 yards and a touchdown every week. But they're not making the big error that loses a game. And so, you know, um, the Utah State has got to eliminate some of those things. It was fun to watch uh, Mariner go out and make all those plays and really see the type of receiver that he probably was coming out of high school and that he was there at the University of Utah and it just wasn't exploited and it just wasn't used in a way that was um, – you know, conducive to the University of Utah's offense. I think you have to put some of that on Troy Taylor too. Like, how did, how can a guy like that make all those plays against Wake Forest and you didn't notice that for two, three years that you were at the University of Utah? To me, that 
that's a little bit of a glaring mistake. Riley, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for talking a little college football with you and with us, and we will uh, talk with you again next week. I can't wait. You guys are awesome. Thanks for having me on.